Muito obrigado e bom dia. Um, I've been to Brazil many times. Uh, I've been to Latin America, all over the place. Uh, right now, I'm not going anywhere, obviously. I'm going remotely. And I'm here to talk to you about the future and what I call the great transformation. I mean, let's make no mistake about this. You know, this is a difficult time, right? I mean, especially in Brazil, we are at heart. I mean, on my end, I can safely say it's been hard since February 23rd. My last engagement was in Dubai, and I have not been on an airplane since. And, you know, in 2019, I flew uh, 357 times to get to engagements, and now I'm here looking at the camera. So this is really a great transformation, a great transition. And I think particularly for Brazil, it's quite difficult now. So I wanna, before I get into the other stuff, I wanna give you five points uh, to take home you know, for right now. Staying safe is the most crucial. You know, we've been through the same here in Switzerland to stay agile, to keep changing, to stay smart, uh, to be informed. Most important thing is to stay together, you know, to help each other. I, I've noticed you know, in the uh, three months of lockdown that we had here in Switzerland, I've talked to a lot more people remotely than I would ever talk in real life. You know? <laughs> so there's a much stronger connection to people. That's really important, our solidarity and working together. And lastly, let's stay optimistic. Right? I think it's sometimes hard when you're looking at all of these things is to, to say that the future is going to be better than we thought. Right? So let me start with the futurism stuff. This is not the question I ask. Right? I'm not gonna tell you what the future brings. There is no such thing as predicting the future. Uh, 50, 60 years ago, they held Alvin Toffler, Arthur C. Clarke, that were able to do that maybe, or now we maybe you have Ray Kurzweil, who has, what, 23 PhDs, so he can probably do that as well. But my work is really not about this question, right? It's about getting a feeling for the future that we want. Okay. I mean, this is a very important point. Just keep in mind, in the next 10 years, technology will be so explosively advancing exponentially that many things that we want are becoming possible right do you want to change the human genome well not that's not 10 years but 20 years right 30 years do you want to be able to talk to a robot like it's a person that is already possible <laughs> right uh, there's going to be roughly 9 billion people on the internet by 2030 so the, to say what the future brings is kind of a mood question because we are making the future right? every action that we take or every inaction that we choose creates the future. So when I speak to people today about the future, especially if you're looking at marketing and stuff, right? Uh, the future is not about tomorrow. Right? The future is a mindset. And I think this is what I love about Brazil, by the way. It seems like the future mindset is, is just sort of inherently there. You know, while here in Europe, we're kind of like, you know, we like history, <laughs> tradition. You know, so that's a little bit harder for us to look at the future. Um, let me kick off by, by uh, Milton Friedman. Uh, Milton Friedman, a famous economist, once said, I think 50 years ago, right, only a crisis, actual or perceived, produces real change. And when that crisis and the change happens, the actions that are taken depend on the ideas that are lying around. And now we can safely say that some ideas that are lying around, they were quite tough and not so good to begin with, and they're getting worse like surveillance right? and other ideas that were lying around like solidarity, uh, compassion and all these things, 
they are also coming out. So you could safely say, I think the crisis is bringing out the best in us and the worst in us. And it's, uh, when you look internationally, that's kind of how it shakes out. But we have to use this point to think about uh, a being a breaking point for the future. This, what we're experiencing right now, will not end anytime soon, even when we have a vaccine. Right? The world is going into a reset mode for so many reasons. I mean, just think about the amount of money that governments have to spend, maybe not so much in Brazil or South America, but in Europe and the US, the amounts of money that governments have to spend to prop up business and people, right? hundreds of trillions. That's going to change our entire economy, that's going to change our future. Right? You can safely say 2020 is a total change of program. Right? It's uh, you know some stations will go dark, <laughs> like cruise ships, <laughs> and I mean, technology. I mean, many of you are in the tech business. I mean, it's, technology comes out the winner pretty much across the board, right? And many other things come out as winners. It's interesting, like healthcare, right? I mean, now we know we need to spend money on healthcare, right? Because if we don't, we're unprepared, and that's going to end really badly. I think it's also safe to say that we are already experiencing a time where technology has already, and science of course, uh, taken care of us in such a way that this uh, epidemic did not cost a hundred million lives. Right? Because of all the things that we can already do. Right? But it's a total change of, of program. Right? And one change of program is that all of a sudden we realize how important people are. We use all the technology, but then we keep saying, oh, no, I really wish I could hug you, right? Or I, we could meet up, or, you know, how important the interaction between people is. That will never go away, as long as we're human, I suppose. Uh, if we're going to become machines, that would be a moot point, right? Just look at some stats here, right? Uh, many people are asking me this question. Is the world going to fall into an abyss and in terms of the recession and just stay down there? I mean, you've, you've seen all the posts about the V curve and the, the L curve and you know, whatever shape of the recession curve, right? And I would say, well, it's completely unclear. I mean, my hunch is we're going into an L curve, which means down, 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 staying down, and somehow finding a way back up, right? But is it going to be a V, like the subprime financial crash? over here, <laughs> right? I don't think so. But the future has never been less certain than today. And we have to embrace this. Uh, and, and we're not going to make it more certain just by keeping asking for prognosis. You know? uh, we have to ask the question, how can we shape the future that we need? Because uh, we can't really predict it. Right? So, like I said earlier, there's no such thing as going back to normal. And normal wasn't good enough anyway for many people. We're going to a different future. We're going to a future where we, there's a different narrative, a different story. And that story is going to be about how do we deal with emergencies, not just the pandemic, but technology, climate change, geoengineering. Right? I mean, these are big, big issues that are coming up. We're going to be more ready because of this, I hope. Right? So that brings me to the, to the theme of my presentation, the Great Transformation. So I've come up with this, this sort of imaginary world that it was before the crisis. You know, we had our nicely arranged priorities and stuff, 
And now it's like somebody's taken the whole world and shaken it up like a, one of those souvenirs you get from Paris or Venice, you know, with the snow in it, right? right? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, this is turning upside down. Right? And guess what's ending up on top? Boy, you guessed it, of course, right? Healthcare, science, at least outside of America, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, technology, right? uh, working from home, artificial intelligence, right? political efforts of, of uniting, right? and what's at the bottom? Flying, cruise ships, oil and gas. Right? Uh, it's interesting to see how the priorities have shifted. So I would say that is this truly the great transformation, but what's more important for you guys, so you're mostly in the marketing business, right? It's new narratives, new stories. And I can guarantee you a person that is 22 years old today, they're going to think about this crisis like my father thought about World War II. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully in a more positive way, but, but this is a cut, right? This is not just a minor bump, right? We're not going to go back to the beaches in the same way. We're not going to go back to concerts in the same way. And if we do, we have to suffer the consequences. We're going to have to get used to a different way of living, right? So I would say there is no real post-corona future. There's a with corona and eventually a post-corona. That's hope. Right? But here are the three main points, right? Three winners. And this is uh, very important, I think, when you think about customers and how, how we do business and how we collaborate in the future. Okay? And that is those three things. Right? It's basically big tech, big health, and big state. <laughs> That's kind of a rough summary of what we're seeing right now. Right? I mean, technology, uh, yeah, it's, it's both a lifesaver for us, but it's also growing even more into something that could be seriously abused if done wrong. Right? As we see, for example, with using uh, mobile tracing and all these kind of ideas. Right? Um, and healthcare, of course, is being boosted by the entire budget shifting to health healthcare. There's about 350,000 scientists working on a vaccine right? and on antibody tests. I mean, think about all the money. So basically, the money, in my view, is going to go out of oil and gas, natural resources, the military, into those sectors. Uh, and that will bring also great opportunities for new jobs. Of course, you know, having said that, it's in a country like Brazil, for example, where I think the latest numbers are 35 million people are still living in poverty, right? that is going to crunch things even further. Right? So we have to think about what that means and how we can create more inequality there. So let me talk about technology features first. I think that's a good start when we talk about the, uh, the context. Right? So we're heading down a road, and I call this the road of the game changes. Yeah? The stuff that we've seen for years, you know, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, supercomputing, the cloud, virtual reality, augmented reality, and the Internet of Things, and all that stuff, I'm, I call this the game changes. That's happening all around us. And guess what? Now it's at the point where all of this is like warp drive into exponential. Right? It's like the stuff that we see today, like Microsoft HoloLens, you know, uh, going into completely virtual reality. I mean, I swear in a couple of years, I'm going to go to the Zurich airport, I'm going to go into the HoloLens and pop out in Beijing, right? like, like a real person. Uh, and, and that's basically science fiction is becoming science fact. 
And it's not just the rapid advance of sciences, it's also all the collaboration that happens, the different business models that are happening. And they're driven in your sector when we talk about marketing and products and brands and so on, by primarily by those two things, right? Data. I've said many times data is the new oil, and I will make an addition to that shortly. Right? Data is the most powerful thing on the planet now. And the crisis is pushing that even further, because with data, we can predict, we can anticipate, we can interchange, we can figure out what to do ahead of time. And the second part, of course, is intelligence. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but when we talk about AI, that's actually a very bad word. Uh, because what we have today is not real intelligence, you know, it is uh, smartness, right? I mean, Google Maps is smart. It's, is it intelligent like me? No. I mean, you can, you can ask any taxi driver in London who has allegedly the knowledge. Right? Does Google Maps have the knowledge? Well, it has a different kind of knowledge, right? So it's really interesting to see those two things together, they're going to run our world, right? And, and they're getting a giant boost now because people are saying, you know what, if we have better data, we have more intelligence, we have a faster cloud, we can do a lot better in emergencies. Except for, of course, a data emergency where some technology issue would be like, like a, a virus in the network. Right? So, uh, in many ways, you could now say, uh, people have been joking about the oil thing, so I'm staying with the theme. You know, maybe data is no longer just the oil, it's also like plutonium. Because data can be weaponized. Uh, if you're in the marketing business, you got to think about that. I don't think we're going to go into the future where we can weaponize data as much as we have because the weaponizing is getting really good. And you can see the whole social media crisis is exactly about this. The whole Facebook crisis, which is a crisis in my view, you know, a global crisis of trust, it's exactly because of this plutonium issue. Right? How do we use data? And without data, we're, we're, we can't do anything, right? Without running afoul of the things that we really want to keep to ourselves. I mean, I like to s jokingly say to my American futurist colleagues, you know, uh, if we don't have anything to hide, you're probably not human. And I always get a good laugh about that when I speak in South America. But, you know, many people think that's kind of like, okay, far-fetched. But so this is an important issue. I'll touch base on that later. A really important thing in communication and marketing is now that we're just about maybe a year or two, maybe three at maximum, away from being able to communicate with computers. Yeah, you can speak to your computer now. Uh, you can do all kinds of things when you speak to your computer, uh, but you have to keep it simple. Otherwise, you know, many people will not actually appreciate the way that it looks like. I'm just going to change the view here. Just give me a second here. Okay, so what we have here right now is a situation where in a few years I can speak to my computer as if it was a human. And the computer can speak in my voice. And so the switch to natural user interfaces and, and you know, NLP progress, uh, I'm going to command machines, I'm going to speak, I'm going to stop using interfaces, I'm just going to talk, right? That's a very big shift, I think, also if you're looking at marketing and search, I'm going to switch with my voice. Oh, people are already doing that, right? <laughs> but most people are still, you know, using the, the usual talking. So here's a great example, Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, 